Welcome to season two to episode nine of Tech Talk Thursdays. The rapid pace of new products, product integration and miniaturization is driving the need for a better understanding of materials, equipment and processes at the device level. The integration focus group produces an annual roadmap to address the many challenges facing OSATs and manufacturers. My first guest today is Bill Bottoms, chairman of the Heterogeneous Integration Roadmap. And later, I'll be speaking to Rosalia Baker from AT&S, who sits on the committee for wafer level and fan-out packages. That's our topic today. Let's join our guest, Bill Bottoms. Heterogeneous Integration Focus Group is a continuation of the work formerly undertaken by the ITRS group. Uh, which disbanded in, I think it was around about July 2016, as we discussed earlier. Here to discuss this topic is Bill Bottoms. He's chairman of the HIR, uh, and uh, he's here to tell us a little bit bit more about the efforts of the Heterogeneous uh, Integration Roadmap. Um, So welcome, Bill. Thank you for joining us today. Thank Uh, you for having me. Yeah. Um, so let's start out by telling us why, what is heterogeneous integration and why is it important? Well, heterogeneous integration is when you combine things that are different in some way, and it, they may be different by the feature size of elements that are incorporated in them. They may be different by the materials that are used to build them. They may be different by the location in which they're built. Um, So you incorporate things that are different into a single element and they're different. So they're heterogeneous. The reason you do it is that we can build something better. If when we have something that needs, for example, to deal with photons, we have to, we have to handle that with a wide band gap semiconductor. So the photons can be transported. Mm -hmm. If it deals with electrons, we have to handle that with metals uh, and photons don't travel in metals. And so we, the combining of those is the key to heterogeneous integration. And we have to integrate in that way so we can separate the world of photons, which has some wonderful characteristics, from the world of electrons, which have some wonderful characteristics, and they're different, and have them right. still as close together as we can, both in size and in functionality. Okay. So, I mean, you, a lot of your efforts here have been, uh, are working towards uh, what's contained in a system and package, an SIP uh, uh, device. So you, you're trying to combine these functionalities and materials all into, in, into a very small area, as it were. Um, so um, uh, can you explain some of the, the activities that you're doing uh, in, in that area? Okay. Well, first of all, let me say that that the reason we want it to be system and package is we want it to be lighter. We want it Mm -hmm. to take less power. We want it to operate better. And that means all of the transistor elements need to be as close together as possible. Mm -hmm. And if we can put them in the same package, then the wiring is as short as possible and we get a better result of the function that that element would be able to deliver if it were not integrated closely into a system and package. Right. Okay. Now, one of the areas, obviously, you must come across in this is, is um, potential CTE mismatches. Um, what sort of steps do you take to try and, and mitigate these? 
Well, uh, CTE mismatch is one of the significant issues that has to be dealt with, particularly since our semiconductors now are very thin. We thin them to a level where you could wrap a piece of silicon around a, a, a two millimeter mandrel. It doesn't break because it's very mm-hmm. flexible and it's thin. Uh, and, and that makes everything smaller. Um, one thing we do is we try to remove the mismatch by mm-hmm. changing the characteristics of one of the materials. And the biggest mismatch is between the dielectrics, the insulating materials, whether it's printed circuit board substrate or whether it's silicon dioxide, it doesn't matter what, what dielectric it is, um, and, and silicon and that, and metal, I'm sorry, and that difference, copper is 17, um, silicon's about two. Um, I've left off the 10 to minus six. And <clears throat> we have to do something about that if we can. We actually can. We can make a material as a composite material, uh, which drops the coefficient of thermal expansion of copper from 17 to about four and a half. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, that's, that's quite a drop. So uh, tell us how you achieved that. Well, to some degree, it's, it's a heterogeneous integration. It's a composite material that's made by combining a material that has almost no thermal expansion, almost zero, and that's a carbon nanotube, with copper that has a lot. And we combine them in a way that the copper is very firmly bonded to the, to the uh, nanotubes that are incorporated in the structure. When they do that, they transfer their properties. And the properties are better electrical conductivity and lower thermal expansion. And so we can build a composite copper by doing that. And the way we build it is we plate it from a bath and it, it works just fine. And it's, it's not in use a lot today, but it, it will be uh, used more and more as we go along. Okay, great. So let's talk about the, the, the roadmap in itself. I mean, how many uh, members do you have involved in, in this project and uh, defining it? Well, there are a total of 23 chapters. Uh, I would say that each of those chapters has at least 30 people contributing. Um, they're more than that contributing, but the ones that contribute enough to get their name on the, on the masthead is maybe about 30. But, you know, you multiply 20 by 30, it's a, it's a large number. A large number of and, people. And the people that actually participate in the workshops where we do collective work to find out what new problems and potential solutions might be, uh, that number is in the thousands. We have workshops around the world. Uh, we used to have workshops around the world. And hopefully we will be able to have workshops around the world again uh, because it's much more effective. It's yeah. more effective than just doing it online. And, and there you can read body language and you can, you can tell somebody wants to say something and maybe they're shy. It's a little hard to do that when you've got 40, 50 people in a Zoom meeting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. So what is the, the timeline then for, for the publication of the roadmap? Well, we, the 2020 roadmap uh, edition has been published. Work on the 2021 edition. Yes, it was released um, earlier in the year. Uh, and work on the 2021 edition is well underway. We hope to have the 2021 edition uh, published in late the fourth quarter of this 
of this year or early in the first quarter of next year. And it, it will have the same 23 chapters. Uh, it is likely that there may be one or two more chapters. For example, we, we didn't have much treatment about uh, quantum uh, logic in, okay. in the previous one. And, and we're adding that. Uh, and whether we make it a subchapter or a separate chapter, we haven't decided yet. But as new developments like like quantum computing quantum. come along, we try to put them in place and and identify the problems. For example, mm-hmm. uh, to make a quantum computer work, it has to be very near absolute zero, right. less than one degree Kelvin. It's not oh. cheap to do, and it's not easy to do. And if you mm-hmm. put data in and take data out, it requires some energy to do that. And you still have mm-hmm. to keep it at that temperature. The problem that we'd like to attack in that space is maybe raise the temperature by about 30 degrees absolute. Okay. That's cheap. That's cheap to do. It's not mm-hmm. hard. You can do it by just pumping a little bit on liquid nitrogen. You don't have to pump on liquid helium to do it. Right. Um, exactly. And so that's, that's one of the challenges that's out there. Roadmap identifies it. We, we need to move it. The 30 degrees is just an arbitrary number. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the problem gets so much easier. And, you know, it's not a linear function getting away from absolute zero. So right. 30, 30 degrees is enough. It's just easy to do. Uh, mm-hmm. If we could do it at room temperature, it'd be, it would, temperature would be even easier. Even easier, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, it seems like uh, you've got a you've got a, a huge amount of work on on your on your hands. Um, we're going to be talking uh, later this evening, actually, to to uh, Baker Rosalie, uh, who's uh, a member of uh, your committee, uh, and she'll be telling us a little bit more about some of the work that's involved in that. But uh, for now, Bill, I want to thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Big data artificial intelligence, and smart factory solutions are here now. Automated optical inspection is critical in a smart factory environment. Leading the way to Industry 4.0, Murtech invites you to the smart factory of the future. And welcome back. I'm joined now by Rosalia Baker from ATNS uh, in Austria. Uh, nice to see you, Rosalia. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Trevor. It's uh, really a great pleasure to to be your guest today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so before the break, we we're talking to Bill Bottoms, who's of course the, the chair of the Heterogeneous Integration Roadmap. Um, but you work on the committees, and I think. Specifically, you work in areas of, of, of fan-in and fan-out uh, devices. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the work you're doing there? Uh, sure. So um, I'm chairing the uh, working technical working group for fan-in and fan-out. And actually, I have the great pleasure to co-chair that uh, um, working group uh, with John Hunt from ASC. So together with John and also with a group of members uh, across uh, the entire supply chain, members from uh, um, market research uh, to uh, your development to to research institutes, uh, Fraunhofer, for example, in Germany, ACE in ICE in Japan, 
uh, we have material companies, Shimitsu, Japan, uh, Dow, uh, uh, in uh, US, uh, we have uh, Indium, also representative from Malaysia. Uh, we have uh, Xilinx from uh, US, uh, TSMC has also helped us. Uh, we have the OSAT, uh, we have the MCOR and uh, ASC. Um, yeah, I hope I don't forget someone, <laughs> quite a, a group. So, yes, sorry. Uh, so we can, that's quite a combination of different uh, uh, suppliers that you've got there, you know, people that are pre- uh, providing equipment, materials, um, uh, trying to get them to work together. What, what challenges are you looking to try and uh, resolve? Um, so we are looking from the application perspective and also from the integrations of the different um, integration technologies to use for both fan-in and fan-out. So in, in terms of fan-in going to heterogeneous integration, there are not necessarily that many, uh, let's say, options. Uh, at this point, is more the fan-out that will enable heterogeneous integration and uh, when it comes to fan out, it's uh, definitely a, a very hot market today. Uh, uh, can address the lower end uh, if we look at PMIG, baseband, uh, uh, codec, mm-hmm. audio, uh, lower end devices, going to uh, more on the mid, high end uh, on the application processor. And certainly TSMC entering in that market with the info technology has made a, a big impact. And then there is more development and actually some in production as well, looking at the ultra high density fan out. So ASE, just to, to bring ASE's technologies fan out uh, cheap on substrate, which now that I'm at ATNS, <laughs> we also mm-hmm. have a version fan house system in board. Uh, so we are looking at, uh, as part of the heterogeneous integration of how the different applications are impacting the needs. We, we try to put the roadmap and forecast on how the technology will change with respect to the more, more the critical parameters and what are the some of the challenges that will still need to be to be solved? Right, right. So you're looking at this, for example, from the materials point of view for seat mismatches, etc. Yeah. You're looking at it from uh, from the the what should, the practical point of view for uh, roughness and 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 uh, you know how materials perform. Um, what, what else are you looking for? Are you looking at the process as well? We are looking at processes uh, as well. And now that I remember, we also have uh, SPTS or Botech, which is Kela Tankor now. <laughs> um, uh, so from the equipment side, uh, that it's part of the, of the uh, committee and um, uh, very good input from them as well as from Fraunhofer in looking at uh, also the infrastructure. So not only how we do this type of system in package using fan out uh, uh, on the wafer side, but also on the panel side. And there is quite a lot of interest in the industry moving from a wafer type infrastructure to, to the panel for, yeah, for cost reasons, yeah. 
Right, right, of course. Well, I mean, you're actually working at, a, at ATS, which is a large um, PCB um, manufacturing company. What opportunities do you see uh, uh, specifically for ATS there uh, on, um, with heterogeneous integration? Yeah, so heterogeneous integration uh, today and uh, even more so in the future with all these different uh, new applications. If we look at 5G, if we look at artificial intelligence, high performance computing data centers, it certainly brings a lot of um, um, opportunities, I think, to, to the entire industry. But if we look, you know, at the chiplets uh, um, and in general, trying to bring more functionalities within the package, looking at the higher, especially at the higher end, uh, the GPUs, you know, more data, more storage, more processing, all these will require a substrate. So for us, actually, it's a a really good time and... um, we are currently a $1 billion company and we are uh, significantly investing in, uh, in uh, IC substrates and uh, in, in a couple of years we'll double our revenue. Uh, it's, um, yeah, we are looking at different technology to support uh, the industry in terms, yeah, in terms of all these higher end uh, devices that today you can't really find them uh, package individually, so it, you know they are either manufactured as a chiplet, but still uh, packaged within the uh, a system using heterogeneous integration. So from that perspective, it's certainly like you mentioned before, the material integration will be very important. Uh, in and in our in our case, I will take it even one step further. We have developed a different type of technologies uh, to integrate the layers and build these substrates. Um, also embedding technologies, um, uh, 2.5D cavities that we can actually bring. We have, we call it a toolbox that we bring all these different technologies within um, one system. So, right. um, you know, <laughs> that's also heterogeneous integration. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a form, I guess. But, uh, I mean, you've certainly had a, a very wide experience um, uh, uh, across the, the, the industry because you worked in the front end for a little while. You've worked with Applied Materials. This is what with Dow, and now you're with um, AT&S. So in te- technology terms, you've literally gone across the, the whole gamut, really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, make, makes you a, a very special um, uh, place. Um, no, it's interesting. I mean, the industry is definitely expanding by application. Uh, uh, it's exploding, really. And, and the speed of, of new product integration is, is just making things very, very difficult. Um, but uh, also the miniaturization. The miniaturization is, of course, bringing, creating a lot of noise uh, in, in, on, on, on these uh, packages and substrates. So uh, I guess uh, heterogeneous integration becomes more and more important as things uh uh, get busier and get smaller. Yes, yes, that's that's correct. So we we do have programs that specifically focus focusing on miniaturization, uh, with respect to, for example, how we can further uh, reduce the the line and spaces, uh, mm-hmm. not make even uh, denser features, 
So we already have in production today, uh, it's below 10 micron line and spaces yeah. but in development. And we, we have demonstrated already down to five by five and working even beyond that. Mm-hmm. So that's certainly one aspect of miniaturization, but then also enabling our customers with um, uh, some of the embedding solutions. Uh, so instead of having them, for example, on the top of the board, uh, we do embed them in inside the board uh, that will give them uh, space uh, on the board or miniaturize the board to to yeah to to help either with the thickness or maybe more space for the battery or for for other uh, functionalities to put on the board. Right, right. Yeah, it's a it's a very fast changing world, and uh, although we're all cut up and caught up in this. Uh, COVID pandemic at the moment. I think once we get out the other side of that, it's only going to accelerate even faster uh, in terms of uh, uh, product introduction. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, it's wonderful to hear the work that you're doing with um, the HIR. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, if people want to find out more information about it, is there a, is there a website they can go to or wh- where would they find out more information on it? Yes, we actually have a website. Uh, it's part of the Electronics Packaging Society. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember now exactly the, <laughs> the link, but maybe I can send it to you. Uh, no, no. Yes, we do have uh, a lot of information and we are open and welcoming new members, uh, not only in the Fan In and Fan Out uh, committee that um, I'm chairing, but uh, across the entire Heterogeneous integration is, is, I think it's a great opportunity to, to work with uh, industry experts, to learn from them, to share information and uh, to help the industry. We, we are trying to put yeah, the roadmap together and uh, yeah, we, we need uh, definitely more help, new members. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the more, the more contributions, the better. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it sounds like you're doing some very exciting things and uh, I want to thank you, uh, uh, Rosalia, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Trevor. It was a great pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching. Stay safe and have a great weekend. Global SMT and Packaging opens the windows of the world to bring you the latest news and technologies from Munich, from Bangalore, from Shanghai, from San Diego.